Good morning, everybody. This is your boy D Mac, and hey, let's talk. Uh, I have a special guest on with us this morning. I have Coach Dewan Lucky from Mississippi Valley State. Let him know a little bit about yourself, Coach Lucky. Oh man, uh, just a little bit about me. Uh, this is going into my 11th year uh, coaching football. I spent uh, nine years at the college level, uh, two at the high school level. Well, uh, so just, I spent eight years. This will be my ninth year at the college level. Um, from Concord, North Carolina, and just I'm a, uh, a guy that just uh, always been persistent, never uh, gave up on my dreams. And aspiration. Uh, so I knew this when I was a young boy. That I wanted to get into coaching, and um, I'm here, man. I make a lot of sacrifices. I got a wonderful family. I got two little girls at home, um, and so I'm I'm definitely uh, appreciative of the sacrifices that they make for me to be able to live out my dreams. And you know, and it's always good to be around family. Coon, I've been knowing you since I was what. Uh, six seven years old when you first came into our family so yeah. man uh it, it's a, you, you watched me grow from a pup and you know not a lot of people get a chance to watch me on national tv sometimes yeah man i know it's exciting for me man because like you said i know you since you was little man and i've seen in you the leadership qualities as you've grown and developed into a man and I definitely was looking for a good opportunity to finally get you on here. We finally made it happen, man. And uh, I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, uh, young black men in, in uh, coaching right now because I'm starting to see an influx of black coaches on the rise. And um, I want to give you guys the flowers while you're here and while you're doing things, just encouraging you guys to keep it going because this is exactly what we need. Um, so the first thing I want to ask was, um, how hard was it to get back to some type of normalcy after the whole COVID protocol and everything? Oh wow, um, <laughs> normalcy. I, I think I think uh, right now, I mean, it feels good for for us as as a whole as college coaches. Um, just a little normalcy, just being able to go out to the camps and see those kids and be able to just really uh, surround ourselves with other coaches. I mean, I think that's been a tremendous deal uh, for a lot of coaches. Uh, I also believe it, um, it depends on your school or how normal your, your campus is going to be and what it's going to look like. I think everybody's trying to take the safest protocol to make sure that their athletes are safe. Um, I know us at Mississippi Valley, you know, we're going to we're gonna get back to normal here in uh, July when our kids get on campus. You know, still trying to follow the uh, protocols um, that's that's been placed by our university and also by our head coach you know, to to make sure that our kids have been safety. So it's gonna look a little normal, but we still gonna have protocol to uh, to ensure the safety of our athletes. Okay, cool, good deal. So um, you right down there in Itabina, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's a little Edabina, man, the home of Jay Rice uh, is Satellite Tot. 
Yeah, my wife is from right down the road in Rolling Fork, man. So we was talking about it last night. She was telling me about it to be and she said she couldn't stand going down there. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I noticed the other day, man, y'all had Tara Lawrence out there running drills with you guys, man. How did that come about? Well, okay, so uh, Dion invited everybody up to his camp, and uh, me being the recruiting coordinator at uh, Mississippi Valley, that's one of the camps that um, I have marked on my list. Uh, we went as a staff. I was one of the college coaches, you know, uh, that was around the country that came in to see it. And uh, so Dion, what he did was he had um, the NFL players um, running drills. And mm-hmm. I thought it was excellent for, for, for a guy like T.O. to be there, you know, to help develop the young kids. I mean, I, yeah. I, so, uh, um, I guess I went through, uh, uh, T.O. routing people, the one young cornerback from C, Nate C.J. Holmes was going to be a good player for Jackson State. And, um, the other players, man, he, uh, from Jackson State, they're, they're all pretty good and stuff like that. T.O. T.O., man, uh, I didn't even drop one of the drill tapes that I had. You know, if, if you was on my Snapchat, you, you would have seen the drill. But, man, yeah. I'm telling you, he still got it. But this been around, like, D'Angelo Hall, uh, Jimmy Smith. I remember uh, I called Natron um, when I was at the camp. It was, that camp was well worth it, man. You had a lot of junior college prospects. You had a lot of high school prospects. Uh, I think it was one of the number one players in the country was there. So it was definitely uh, a lot of prospects there. It was it was well worth it uh, for all the college coaches that was there because it was also got a chance to just talk to guys in your conference, but also rub uh, elbows with a lot of head coaches, a lot of head coaches. So it was definitely a, a great experience, and it's something I look forward to uh, doing next year again. Good deal, man. Uh, yeah, those camps are very, very important, man. So as I noticed you said you was the recruiting coach. So, what are some of the challenges in recruiting for you right now? It's limited resources. So, when you don't have the resources, like follow me on Twitter at Coach D Lucky, you'll understand that I got a, a large following base. So, we try to do creative ways to uh, um, make ourselves active on Twitter. Or social media so it tests you how good of a recruiter you are being at Mississippi Valley. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's, it's just as normal as any other school. Uh, during the COVID pandemic, um, I had to head up um, like uh, official visits, but I had to do them on um, Zoom calls. So I had to team up with admissions. I had to team up with financial aid, you know, do different things that, you know, any other school had to do. And, um, during uh, the pandemic, so it was it was it was it was it was fairly easy because I'm a, a fairly you know competitive guy, and I always want to make sure that position why I hold the recruiting coordinator title and do everything within the realms of what our university is capable of allowing me to do. Good deal, so. So with those Zoom calls, man, do you think it's more effective to be face-to-face than the Zoom calls? Um, it's always good to be so, um, it's always good to be face-to-face because you actually see what a kid look like in person. 
you really only get a chance to see a kid from the neck down. I meant the neck up mm-hmm. or whatnot on those Zoom calls. Uh, but what we did was, you know, Coach Coach Dancy, he just trusted me to 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 uh, to do the Zooms, and so we did breakout sessions, and it felt like it was really at a uh, on campus visit. You know, we had breakout sessions with the each position coach. Then with the uh, coordinators, uh, offensive defensive coordinators, and then um, had one on one meetings uh, with the head coach, like it would be if you was at a normal, um, if you was on a normal visit. So we did everything that most, well, that all universities did during the pandemic, and just being able to use the technology the way that we could, and I thought it was excellent, and our head coach really was appreciative. So we were able to sign a lot of quality kids on it, uh, two signing periods. Yeah, okay, good deal. Man. So I want to switch gears a little bit, man. There's been a lot of uh, talk about Tim Tebow coming back to Jacksonville to play tight end, and now you have Brandon Jacobs. He's wanting to come back and play defensive end for somebody. What do you think about this, man? Um, I mean, to me, I, I think the Tebow deal, I think it just got blown out of proportion to me. Um, I'm, I'm not one to to ever uh, try to stop a man's money. I feel like um, in this industry, uh, whatever you do, I think that was just a connection between him and Urban Meyer. Uh, and one thing about this profession, you want to get people around you that you can trust. And obviously, yeah. Tim Tebow is a guy that I, I, Urban Meyer feels like he can trust and like a son to him. That's going to help set the culture of what the Jacksonville Jaguars locker room is. Um, or, you know, it fit right in. I think he wouldn't have did it um, no other way. Uh, but, again, to me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not at that level. Um, I'm not going to say what I would or wouldn't, couldn't, couldn't do. But I just feel like, you know, just being in that situation, I would personally want to bring a person that I know that can, if bring the spirit of the players, um, that's good. You know, uh, that, that that would just be like me bringing in Lance Lewis that I played with, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. University of Mississippi or Ole Miss would get. So my thing is this. How do we draw attention to these smaller schools like a Mississippi Valley State who has some great players, who has some um, some great coaches, has pretty much a great program, but they don't get the exposure for it to be seen by the rest of the country because they're overshadowed by a Jackson State with Deion Sanders. They're overshadowed by a, um, a Ole Miss. And then you have uh, Brett Favre, who's down there in Laurel, Mississippi, who's um, who's running the, who's running a high school team. So a lot of the attention uh, for schools in Mississippi is geared towards Jackson State, geared towards Ole Miss. So how do you guys go about um, getting that exposure to get you guys, your your uh, players, that opportunity to be seen and go to the next level? Uh, can you uh, can you repeat that? I'm sorry, I didn't hear. Um, a parent had called me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's all right. Um, yeah, we we're saying, um, what percentage of your players get to make it to the NFL? Oh wow, I'm glad you asked that. Um, I mean, I, the percentage of players that make it out of the FCS WAC, 
Um, just, I, I put like this, Mississippi Valley had a kid that made it to the NFL a few years ago. His name Brian. He played defensive line. He did a good job. Um, you know, it wasn't a really uh, very, very uh, standout guy. He was a, he's a hard worker. And, and Brian had the opportunity with uh, L.A. Rams, and this was like three years, I think three years ago. Um, Coach Dancy's first year as the head coach, and, uh, you know, kid just worked his butt off. I mean, if you work hard, they're going to find you. Uh, the biggest thing, too, what the NFL and, um, has done is they created an NFL HBCU combine to give um, HBCUs the opportunity to um, – to, to be successful. Oh, that's awesome, man, because that was one of my issues. I was like, I was saying uh, that, you know, you have Jackson State, you have Ole Miss, and these larger schools in Mississippi, they get all of the shine and they get all of the attention. So I know it's kind of hard for the smaller schools um, to, to get guys into the league or to get them exposed. So I'm glad you brought that up. That's that's a really good point that a lot of people need to know because there are people down there, uh, like I said, in Rolling Fork and uh, surrounding the areas, Vicksburg and all of that. These guys need to know this stuff. So um, I, I'm definitely going to put them up on um, what's going on uh, down in that area as far as uh, college-wise so that they can look at Mississippi Valley State when they look at a, um, a, a Ole Miss or something like that because um, going to the bigger schools is not necessarily the, the best route for everybody, you know, and um, Mississippi Valley State got a lot to offer, man. I'm, I'm so glad to see you um, – growing and progressing and we're talking about the rise of black coaches in um in sports so uh how many black coaches are on y'all coaches there um <laughs> uh, we have eight black coaches on eight? our staff i think it's eight okay. yeah eight okay. yeah or two Okay, it says, how big is the classroom with the football field? Say again? It says, how big is the classroom with the football field? Um, The classroom, well, it depends on your position group. Like, I had seven last year, seven running backs. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, it just depends. We have a nice uh, classroom, like. The university provides a classroom to be able to uh, teach our kids and stuff like that. Just like if you was, um, just like if you was uh, just a regular college student. So you got the classrooms and stuff like that, auditoriums. So you have the capabilities of all of that uh, to, to uh, at your disposal. Um, so it's it's, it's they they uh, the university does okay with that. Make sure we have classroom. We got good offices. Um, you know, you can go around the country and look at some um, FCS coaches, and they don't have the offices that we have. I mean, we may not have everything that other schools have, but you know, our, our university tries to do a good job of taking care of in, um, in other ways. Okay, so I got a guy right now. This is a hypothetical. Uh, so I got a guy right now. He's 16 years old. He's a beast in football. Um, 
what advice would you give this kid uh, trying to move to the next level or as far as um, getting getting um, getting noticed by by a team or a recruit? What would you what what as a recruiter, what catches your eye in a player, I should say? I think the biggest thing for a young kid, let's 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 put it like this. Uh, and I've, I've, I've been saying this uh, for a long time, and the parents listen, they see what it is. You know, it's only a few select few people in America that God just gave that God-given ability where you don't have to work hard. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, uh, for a 15-year-old kid, you know, if he's a dog, dog already, he's, like, better than everybody, he's going to get it ain't gonna be, you know, it's gonna be easy for him to get seen. Now, if it's just for average 15 year old kid that wants to get to the next level, what I tell parents is this get a personal trainer, all right? Get a personal trainer, you spend some money on personal training, feel work, physical conditioning, I mean, physical strength, you know, um, and so it's, that plays a part. So if you got your field work done, you got your physical strength, all right, and get your speed work, uh, all those three, you have a shot. Parents need to make sure you got to look at your teenage, you got to look at your kids as if they're business. And it, it, it sucks that I have to say it like that, but you have to look at your teenager like that as a business. And you want to make sure before you put them, them kids into camps that they are well equipped to that you know for exactly like if I put Kuda in a um in on a forty yard dash he gonna run a four five I know that we've been clocking it that's what he gonna run no lower than a four six mm-hmm. that detail with your student athlete you do like 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 a lot of guys that start with their kids when they turn to thirteen. And yeah. some start early, but you know you don't want to push the kid away from the game. But again, you gotta kind of gotta do certain things to help help out uh, your student athlete. That's the goals, and that the, that's what they want to do. Uh, um, right now, the NCAA with the grade situation, you know, you gotta have a two point three. To be able to uh, be a Division One qualifier, which is very low, they're not. As, uh, you don't have to have a test score right now. Kids can go straight to the Division One programs, you know, so that they can get all the good quality athletes. Um, that's just my opinion on what I think the future is going to be. So um, I always tell the kid to make sure that your academics is not a problem. So um, if you can't if you can't get a two three core, it's going to be tough for you, buddy. Unless you okay, just a freaking nature. Okay, so Big J says, will HBCUs play outside of conferences like Big Ten, Pac-12, and Big 12? Say that one more time. He said, will HBCUs play outside of conferences like Big Ten, Pac-12, and Big 12? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They um, That's something that happens every year. Uh, those are money games, games that are um, where just like any FCS school, 
or whatnot, they what they would do is they'll play those games uh, to to help their athletic budget to pay for you know coaches' salary, scholarships, and different things like that. So, so we're gonna have guys going straight from high school into that type of league, and then into the NFL without college. No, 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 college. You, you, this ain't the NBA. It's a man's game. <laughs> I was gonna say it's a man's game. You ain't just going to high school. Like it's very, very seldom. You nah, nah. You it's, it's a man's game at the end of the day. This ain't this ain't no uh you know no disrespect to to like the Kwame Browns and none of them like that but you know they not they not just going to the NFL like you really going this this is different now this that 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 NFL football is okay yeah. that's, yeah, I remember how they uh, welcomed Reggie Bush to the league with that hit. I don't think a high school guy is going to want to take one of those type of hits. The body's not developed yet. Yeah. The body's not yeah. developed the way that the college coaches want. And another thing, too, man, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people don't understand this, too, man. You know, it's, it is so hard for a high school kid to transition to the NFL because – at the typical high school kid doesn't have the mental capacity, I would believe, the mental capacity to to learn the NFL playbook yeah. in a matter of time for and understand the criteria it takes to study. You know, you got to learn that through college and different things like that, man. That's listen. Football is a different beast. NBA, baseball, all of that, man. I, listen, I would love for my kids to play all of that stuff, you know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, I think you can make it to the NBA with a little talent, you know? You can make it to the uh, to baseball with a little talent, but that, that football, football a little different, man. Yeah, you gotta yeah, have, I you agree gotta with you on mental, that. You gotta have that mental, that, 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 that physical, you know, and, uh, you know, that's... That plays a large part into what a lot of people don't understand, the mental capacity that goes in to a football game or preparing for a football game. Is, and not to say any other sports don't have those issues, but just knowing the playbook and then you got you got to account for the other 10 people around you, making sure that they do their job and stuff like that, man, for a better work. You know. Yeah, I see. So- I know, I know. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, so that's what that's the same thing that Gabby was saying. Uh, she was she was saying, and this was about basketball players going from high school to uh, professional. And she was she was saying the same thing you saying that they're not mentally stable uh, enough to be able to handle the responsibilities on that professional level. So you and Gabby is on the same page. Let me see. Jay says, what age should a parent put their child in football? Um, Ooh, I started man. my son off. I had to start my son off at five years old playing with the six, seven, and eight-year-old because my son was so big, it would have been unfair for him to play with his age group. And so my son always played an age group above his own. But uh, what you think about that, Coach? Man, just 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 how you, you hit it on with the concussion and stuff like that. Now, if I had a son, uh, my son probably wouldn't play the football until he was probably about 10. 
um, the biggest thing is because I want I want my son to um, actually enjoy it. Uh, I would I would do different things, put him in soccer, develop. Well, first of all, I would put my son in track. That's the that's the best thing you can ever do for a kid. Put him in AAU track, let him learn how to phone run. If you if you if you learn anything or hear, uh, you know, see anything about how kids or whatnot, uh, a lot of NFL players they learn how to run and stuff like that. Like going to the NFL combine, if you get your kid in the track early, they're gonna learn how to form run, and that's half the battle because a lot of uh, football players don't know how to run. A lot of football players don't have skill sets and feet work and stuff like that. As soccer players, so I believe yeah. in. I will put my kid in track, put him in soccer, and then or stuff like that, baseball, different things like that, and then you know let him transition to to the football. Field. Yeah, yeah, we gonna network, man. We gonna get together and coordinate some stuff. Football season is coming up, so we definitely gonna be putting more uh, highlight and shine on football. So yeah, we gonna coordinate some more um some more uh interviews and stuff like this, man. Cause like I said, highlighting our highlighting our people, man, is going to uh, bring interest to a kid who never thought about coaching before. You know, and that may be their thing. So. Anything that we can do to inspire, man, and that's what I'm going to do. Hey, I thank you for coming on, Coach, and um, everybody that's listening, I thank you for coming on today. Uh, don't forget to go in there and smash up those likes, man, and hit that sub button. We're going to be doing this all the time, getting these guys on here, and we're going to uh, bring the truth, the inside of what's going on with sports. So, Coach, I thank you, and everybody else, like I always say, Sticks and stones may break your bones, but the word can always heal you. I'm out.